Hello everybody and welcome to No Time to Grind, it's the podcast for the busy gamer. As always, I'm hitting that pipe to who knows where, it's me Michael, and uh, joining me as always is a white-haired lad in a hack and slash that isn't Dante, this time it's Adrian. They call me the kid. And That's that what one... I imagine his voice is like. <laughs> Hang on, who? The, the narrator? Nah, the, yeah, the kid. You've, you've, just, you've just ripped the narrator's voice though. <laughs> Ooh, insider info. Maybe a little and, fan uh, theory there. Who's that little who's that little third voice we hear? It's that one pet squirt you get. It's Matthew. I will always love you and I will sit here forever. The game that we've been playing for the past fortnight, if you haven't figured out from the title or our clever little names, was Bastion by Supergiant. Can I also just say the one pet squirt, he has the love hearts. Other creatures throughout the game, they get the love hearts, and I don't know why. Well, okay. <laughs> Real quick, you get four pets. Yes. Um, from items that you get and you show to someone. No, no, no. I mean, like... when you're out, uh, you know, via It just the... means they're on your side. But why? Yeah, it's because they're not all born reasons. bad. Yeah. Like, it says Squirtsano is born bad or something like that. For example, there's... Uh... Gas fellas that work in the mines, and they're just trying to do their job <laughs> while we protect them. I was wondering why all of them in the mines were just like, "Yeah, I love you." I was like, "I don't. Do I know you? <laughs> do we know each other? <laughs> Have we met before?" Now this now Bastion is like the first, people have said like the first big indie. Yeah, like it was published indie. by Warner Brothers, wasn't it? Yeah, and so like it's so funny that it's like the first big indie game. One of the biggest, like, <laughs> names in the entertainment business. Well, that's why it was, like, made... It was made by, like, seven guys or three guys or something like that. So, Supergiant, the actual developer, is an yeah. indie. But they were the first... Or one of the first to get, like, backed by, like, a big publisher. I think that's what people are going for. Okay, yeah. So... Yeah, I guess that makes sense. That It was obviously a small idea that they were able to successfully pitch... To yeah. Warner Brothers, so it got a lot more recognition than other indie titles did. Yeah. So how do we how do we discuss this game in terms of grind? Well, first off, we should start with: Is this a game for a busy gamer? Oh. And I'm just going to kick that door down, and I'm going to say yes because it's quite quick. Uh, I'll agree with that. Yes, it's quite quick and. Uh, a good time. I'm going to third that. It is quick and it's on literally every device you can think of. <laughs> Windows, OS X, uh, it's on iOS. It's not on yeah. Android, which I am pissed off about. It's on the Switch now. It's on PlayStation. It's on Xbox. It's literally on everything. And I'm very glad that I have now played it. I actually noticed that the iOS version has the highest rating out of all the versions, which is odd. <laughs> I mean, it would make, like, if you could get this on your phone, that would, like, that'd be pretty great. I don't know too yeah. many better games that that suit that. It's, it's, it's just slick. Yeah, it's that's slick. a good, that's a good way to put it. And it's that really suits the slick. kind of, like, Western part of it. Well, so, as you say, we got to talk about the grind. We start about the grind. And I think that... The grind is our least favorite enemies. 
So I've put down here, I've put down those damn birds. No, those... what did you really say? And Adrian can censor it if he wants. <laughs> no, 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 no. Self-censor, please. <laughs> yes, those freaking birds the is peckers. what I wrote. The peckers. They have killed me. Those heckin' peckers. More than, more than anything peckers. else. Uh, and I hate them, and I, they caused me to stop playing the game. Did you gear yourself up accordingly? You, you, what am I going to do? Get more armor? No, as in like... It, it get makes the, you pick um, up the flamethrower. Oh, then... that's one way. I, I was rolling with the... Um... See, I had different loadouts as the game went on that were, like, were the best, I felt. And um, for the peckers, I was usually using the um, skeleton gun. I can't remember what it's called. The fang repeater, I think. Okay. I was using the scrap musket on the birds, and that was working quite well. Oh, yeah. That would work, too. Um, or you could use the pistols, because that's pretty similar to the fang repeater. It was specifically in the level that it gives you the flamethrower, and it was just messing me up. I'm like, oh, stop. Yeah, I, I, that is kind of annoying when there's segments of you have to use this weapon for a little bit. But they do give you an arsenal not too far away. It's just like, yeah. especially that fame. That flamethrower one, um, you have to get through all those thorns and stuff. And I assumed that was the only way to get through them. So when it, then they showed up again later on, I was like, well, I don't have the flamethrower on. Oh, I can just slap. You just hit them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, what, and uh, then, well, I was going to say the only other thing was approving grounds. But I yeah. didn't touch them. Oh, okay. I, <laughs> I had to complete them all. So I got first prize on all of them except the very last one. Just because I was trying to finish this the story, so I didn't get to get back to it. I enjoyed that uh, a few of them are more kind of almost puzzly, like uh, the one using the bow, uh, the mm. breaker's bow. I sort of I like that. You can just take your time. You can line up your shots, and you're trying to figure out how can you hit the most, like effectively. Um, so I sort of like that some of them didn't have any pressure. They were almost like a good little break. You go, let me go see if I can do that one. And you get the second prize because first time around you get third prize. And and so I would have returned. But it was just the, the standard levels were just better. And I felt like I wasn't missing out by not getting all the first prize um like materials or rewards. I felt yeah. like I was still going along quite fine, just picking up what I found naturally through the levels. Yeah, they're really just for like, if you want to get more of the resources to upgrade and if you want to get like unique, um, what do you, unique like uh, special abilities. Cause I think you get like, a, 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 you unlock a special ability for the thing that you complete. Right. So like, Apart from self-completion, which was mainly my thing. I was like, I need to put a red star on every damn thing on this map. <laughs> I guess that's the other question to ask. Uh, how far did everyone get? Did you put a red star on everything, Adrian? Almost. I Like I said, I did every proving ground except the very last one. Um, as in the last, yeah, last proving ground. And then obviously I completed the story and you have to complete all the areas to complete the story. And according to this walkthrough, I have done 18 out of the 21 story areas. That's good. Uh, and I, I didn't touch the, any of the proving grounds because I was like, 
this is optional. That means it's the grind. That's the whole point of this podcast. <laughs> I was like, yeah, well, it it doesn't even re- like depending on how good you are. I suppose it doesn't really take all that long. Um, there was ones. Which one did I? One of them I did the first time. Like. And I was like, oh, that was... Like, some are very easy and some are very difficult. The last one I did try was very difficult and I gave up after three or four tries because I just wanted to finish the story. But some of them were, like, just challenging enough. The um, the bullhead shield one is tough. Like, I probably spent a solid, like, hour on that. The orchard? Was... No, there's oh, the um, challenge actual proving it. ground for the shield. Right. It comes up later in the game. Um, and you've got to literally, like, you've got to get through a bunch of enemies by countering them and not taking so many hits. So you have to pretty much be perfect fighting against, like, the cannons, like, re- sending the cannon shots back to the cannons. Yeah. Like, well, that sounds like fun. <laughs> I have um, tried that, actually, where it's, like, take as few hits as possible. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You have to take three or less to get the first prize. And that one took me a long while, but I was just, like, sitting on the couch and I was like, nothing else to do. And I just kept oh. going. <laughs> I enjoyed doing that proving ground. Um, it because I had gone through maybe the first third, not using my shield at all, mm. and when that proving game ground came up, it was at a good time, and it taught me how to counter and that like even turtling up sometimes and waiting for an opening is okay if you're like near death. Yeah. Um, so then I began to use my shield a lot more. Speaking of items used, what were your main weapons throughout the game? What did you guys use? Uh, I had the like the sword, uh, the machete thing. Yeah, and then the soldier's gun. Which one's the soldier's gun? The it's it's kind of like you have to wait for it to line up. The one that like goes at an angle and then ends up at a line. Yeah, the army something. Yeah, cool. yeah, the soldier's gun. <laughs> <laughs> Army carbine, there we go. That's the one. Soldier gun, army carbine. See, yeah, <laughs> there was like, for like the first half of the game, I'll probably say, I was using the machete thing and probably the fang repeater. And then I got the Bushman's Pike or the and um, and the army carbine, and that's what I ran with to the end of the game. I could uh, never get the hang of the pike. I like, I knew, I was like, this is a really good weapon, but for some reason I just kept... I don't know, messing it up. Probably because I'm playing on a laptop, not always using a mouse, which don't recommend for this game. Mm, that <laughs> oh. does not sound like fun. 100% like so much better to play this game with an actual mouse and plugged in. So instead of getting, you know, 15 frames per second, I get 60. That was a lot better. Uh... <laughs> I used a controller um, connected to my PC. I, it plays really well uh, with a controller. I don't actually know how it would go with a mouse because it just felt so so natural being a, was it, a classic hack and slash. Yeah, was it like twin sticky kind of thing? Like you aim with your right stick where you want to attack? No, a, like I think you could if you wanted, but you would use the... Um, oh, you just face the, like using the yeah, left so, one. So it's a hack and slash. You just left to aim which direction. You press one button to slap, one button to shoot. And See, I liked also, that I could look elsewhere while moving another direction. So that, also I like, like that. A trigger would change who you're targeting if you were, say, using like a breakfast bow or something. Um, that's how you would, like, you'd snap to sort of that's, thing. That's interesting. I wish I 
tried with the controller because that sounds because you can kind of do that by toggling like the shield button. Yeah, but I used the um, war machete as well. Uh, I felt that <laughs> like that first hammer as well just gets superseded by anything. <laughs> uh, I was like, wow! I tried to go back because there was the um, the like the shrine challenge for it. And I was like, wow, this is trash. Like, I can't oh, go no. backwards. So, war machete all the way. Once you get that Bushman's Pike, though, you up that damage, that crit knockback. Mm. I did like the me- level up mechanics on this as well, actually. It gives you, like, the options to build how you want to build, which is really good. And it doesn't commit, so you can change. Especially, especially good for the Proving Grounds, where it's like, oh, I can't do this one come back later with an upgrade or i can't do this one change the upgrade i will say i don't i i would have expected that each of the proven grounds should be doable without any of the upgrades but just very difficult but i felt like some were literally impossible without getting at least like two or three upgrades on the weapon i think that is uh the first first little batch that we normally give a stopping point you can get off this little this little barge on the uh, on the old what was it called that river I don't remember <laughs> the one where you just slam into the final <laughs> island yes Langston River you can get off the Langston River here if you're a busy gamer uh, because if, I feel like that's a nice little bite sized chunk for you that is that is the grind that is, if that sounds good to you then definitely pick it up this is a game for a busy gamer it's for you I have played. <laughs> Adrian said he spent an hour on approving grounds. I have spent two hours on the entire game. It's, it's very short. Game. Yeah. Yeah. Which is very good. Good for but, busy and we, gamers. We were talking about yeah, the items. So let's move into our inventory management and talk about our next two uh, upgrades. Ooh. Another classic smooth transition from Matthew. Something smooth. Uh, yeah, there it is. Uh so the next game for next fortnight is Bayonetta, the original, the classic. Another hack and slash. I didn't know Bastion was a hack and slash. You also thought it was a um, completely different game, so. Well, there's that also. Uh, so join us on the 3D hack and slash realm. We're going up a dimension. <laughs> oh, hang on. I just realized we're hitting three hack and slashes in a row because after that. We're going to be playing <laughs> Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. Now, Rocky's... I feel like that's less hack and slash than Welcome the other to two. our mid-year hack and slash bonanza. We didn't know we were doing it, but it's here for you. They're each a different they're each a different take and we'll never need to do a different hack and slash again. We've we've settled the solo indie. We're now we're going for the third person uh big title th- 3D flashy. And now, and then after that, we're going to multiplayer RPG hack and slash. There we go. So, if you'd like to fix what genres we're picking here, <laughs> uh, you can always suggest games if you go up onto our Facebook page, No Time to Grind Podcast dot com as well. Uh, leave us a review; we will read it. Like, if you give us a five star review, that's probably the game. That's that's gonna be it. We'll be like, oh. If you really suggest nice. Devil May Cry. We will add that to our hack and slash 
hack and slash I am okay with this I thought you were going to say if you suggest devil may cry we may cry <laughs> because there's too much hack and then slash if you then chuck in gods of war oh, I'm not, having a good time guys I'm loving not it. the new gods of war what are they, this what is my the comeuppance for having to do all those uh, Elder Scrolls games and then Ratchet and Clank the f- more the first one <laughs> than anything but the original not the remake yeah the original there's still guns in that. I guess it's not really a hack and slash. It just feels that way with this spanner. Anyway. <laughs> Shall we get back to the, the game part of the game? Yes, we should. Let's talk about it. Uh, this is a... just talked about hacking and slashing for a while. <laughs> yeah, I, like that's the, well, you bring up the voice acting and the whole presentation of this game is a beautiful. The visuals, the sound, the music, the voiceover from Rux. Oh, well, just now, all perfectly presented. Now, that is 100% correct. I agree with that a million percent. The only thing is, as a busy gamer, you know how I play games without sound. And uh, this is, this uh, is my Adrian very classic. first... Yeah, this is my very first point, is I first played this game without sound. It was so boring. I was so bored. I was like, I don't want to put this down and pick back up Crash Team Racing. <laughs> uh, and then I was listening, because I think I think it even got into a week and a bit um, of, you know, our Fortnite rotation. Uh, and I was like, I'm going to have nothing to talk about because <laughs> I'm not going to play this. Because I'm bored. Uh, and so this is a lesson, and it's the same thing that, because I listened to like a YouTube video of what makes Bastion great, and it is that narration. Like, it it has a certain charm to it that's not, I would say it's not directly obvious. I would say like at first when you listen to the narration, you're like, okay, he's like, he's narrating it. But after a while, especially when you pick up on that he's narrating every single thing, but it it becomes charming and it becomes really good and this soundtrack is beautiful as adrian said um and i've actually been listening to it on spotify because yeah it's great uh but by it's like silently it's not that i feel like it's not that good and that the music and the sound and the narration actually makes this game to me, I was originally going to be like, no, nah, not for a busy gamer because it's boring. <laughs> but if you have an opportunity to actually hear it, this is... I, I see where people are coming from. Like, I, I see... I get the... Like, I personally wouldn't put it as this, but I get the 9.25 out of 10, the five stars that it's gotten. Like, it, it's had a very good reception, and I understand that. I think one of the things about the voiceover that makes it um, super interesting and 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 charming is that um, it like interacts with you. If you yeah, like yeah. there's one level where you just I like, usually you just slam onto the floor and you go, which is hilarious. But it there was one where you, like you just start lying down on a bed and it's at like a temple thing, and he's like, if you don't pick up the controller and start playing, I think I was like on my phone, and he's like, the kid just sits there and prays for a bit, and it's like. Oh, it's nice that it like what you do like adds a little more. I don't know if it changes, but it definitely adds. Like if you're 
I think I got a new weapon or something, and I was just smacking all the items in the in the area to try and find um, more shards or whatever they're called. And he's like, the kid just stays around and like beats up around, yeah, you know, tries smashes up things like, for a while. Yeah, it's it reacts to what you do, which is makes it a little more, I guess, real and interesting. And if like I it very much is kind of a, a sum of its parts, where yeah. we've we've seen these like elements of this in many different games, um, this top-down little hack-and-slash style, as well as, like, we've seen, like, great artwork in many games, but you put it all together, and that is, like... You know how you build the Bastion by collecting the cores? Yeah. Until it is complete. That is Bastion. Like... When it is all together, it is complete. Because yeah, I did the same thing when I was I was watching some football. I turned off the sound, and I became like unimmersed and was just kind of running through the level. Wasn't really paying attention, just trying blasting through it and missing so much of what is actually like is there, but you can't get just on the surface level. Which would be interesting that if you were. I guess if you had um, sort of hearing impairments, you'd miss out on that. And uh, it'd be interesting to see, like, if, if maybe maybe you view games as a whole differently then um, because you can't rely on the sound. And then it would be interesting to see what, what that's like. But to take it away after having experienced it felt like it was diminished. Yeah, it it, it adds most of the the charm to the game but the whole visuals as well and the way it's just such a unique world um which makes it really interesting how yeah do you guys know much about the the overall story very loosely there was a story that see and that's what i thought at first like i've played this before um and i, I was really keen to play it again because i wanted to see if it stood up to you know what i thought and it um as I was going through, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. You just, and then, yeah, you're just kind of going through there as finding the cause. And then you, I can remember coming across the first guy, Zolf, and I'm like, oh, that's right. You come up with other people. And I couldn't remember most of the story until it actually started happening. And then I'm like, oh, that's right. This actually has an intriguing, like, twist and, like, plot in the latter half of the game that actually engages you a little more. See, I, like, I can understand that. But to me, I was like, ah. Oh. This guy just ruined everything I've done. <laughs> like he's, I've been working so hard to build the bastion, and he's destroyed it. But that's part and of I, the whole story. Yeah, and I get that. Also, now this is spoilers for the story, so if you don't want spoilers, uh, just like block your ears for, for a little bit. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't know how long this discussion is going to go for. Um, but so. He backstabs you because originally your people tried to kill his. Yes. Is- so there was a war not too long ago, by the sounds of it, that the kid like was in uh, and was like defending the city. And then it ended. And then some people decided from Celadonia. Celadonia? Celondia. Celondia. There we go they decided that the best way to never start a war again is to completely wipe out the Ura. So they created the Calamity, which 
did destroy most or some of the Ura, it seems, but mostly wiped themselves out. Uh, and then Zolf finds out about this through reading Zia's dad's journal and then turns on, I guess, the Bastion, goes to the Ura, and then I don't know if you guys know much about the very ending, but you basically they steal the last shard to help restore the Bastion. You go to the Ura city and, and to Zolf, and because you've been like just, you start killing a bunch of Ura and stuff to get to the shard, the Ura turn on Zolf because he's like brought more destruction upon them. And so you have you have a choice towards the end of the game where you can either save Zolf or like leave him. Like they beat him up and leave him for dead or the Ura, and then you can either choose to save him or not. And there's a really great scene where I, mean, I chose to save him because I'm kind, okay, guys? Um, I chose to save him and you put down this weapon and you pick him up on your shoulder and you just start walking. You can't attack or anything. You're just walking. And for a while, all the Ura are attacking you like with bows and arrows and stuff from, from a distance. And then after a little, you start walking down this passage towards the sky, um, sky launcher thing, whatever it's called. And they all stop attacking you. And, and they're just like, all these Ura are just lining the walkway. Um, and they like start attacking and then they stop. And it's like a respectful thing. And it's really cool. And there's even a funny little moment where they're all standing there, like looking at you. And then one, one of the Ura shoots you. And then everyone else just like, kills him. And you're like, oh, <laughs> they're super serious about this. Um, and yeah, so the story, like, it has like enough twists. Like, it's pretty simple to start with, but it actually does kind of get a little interesting. Especially, it's one of those games where it's a bit more lore based. Like, you learn about more. It's like it's not a simple, straightforward story. You start learning more about, um, you know, the mancers and the different, you know, the ravages or whatever, the rangers and all those kinds of um, factions. Yeah, it is interesting playing in a. It's it's got that Dark Souls sort of vibe where you are you're playing in a in a space where everything has already been, mm. like, and you're dealing with the aftermath of something. Yeah, and so you are kind of you're in the dark, even though the so what so the kid was a part of the previous war, so he's having to like re remember. Yeah, I think so because when you do the um, when you hit that pipe and you go back in time, yeah, to who knows where you go where. To, to the memory. Rux is talking about how the kid was on the wall and defending the city. So I assumed that I meant he was like defending. I don't know if he was in the wall necessarily, but he was defending the city from the Ura, I, I believe. Right. I I was wondering what that entire sequence was for a bit. I like I did not catch what was going on. Because, yeah, as a busy gamer, you try to do other things. For me, I try to play Bastion and Crash Team Racing at the same time. <laughs> There's and also one this... for Zia that talks about her story. Oh, so what, the, the pipe takes you to... No, there's later on she's like cooks a meal and you get to you go up to the, the cauldron and then it takes you away. You're like, you go into like a food coma, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> or she's she's put something special in that brownie. Yeah, you're like back. I go. It is Woo-hoo. a bit weird. I, like, what rating does this have? Because it is a bit weird to like hit a pipe and then hallucinate. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure it's only PG. Yeah, I mean, it's not. It's not super. Um, 
in detail, so I don't think it's that bad a deal. Plus, if it's an indie, because ratings, I don't know about you, but when I go on like Steam or something, I can't exactly see what something's rated. Uh, only unless it's like R and it tells you to enter your birthday, even though you've already you're already logged in, like that kind of thing. Um, so maybe it was like one of those situations. I want to pitch something to you guys about yes. this game, and I want to hear your thoughts because when you know there's a there's a big kind of I don't know if debate's the right word, but there's definitely a discussion to be had about our game's art. And I want to say that to me, Bastion is the perfect art game. Like, if you want to prove to someone that games can be an art form and tell a really good story, but also actually present in an interesting, artistic, unique way. This is the game. The audio is beautiful. The visuals are beautiful. The story is... It's there once you get into it. And the combat is, while a little maybe bland at times, it's it's interesting and engaging enough to get you through all the beauty of it. So I think this game is... If you want to pitch like the top five games that are art of all time, I think Bastion's in there for sure. I think that this is a, I think it's a bridging of the two because there are other, I think there are other instances of games that are, that are art. This is a game showing off like why games as a whole should be considered as art, but I don't find this as an like an arty game, if you know what I mean. Like, mm. take for example, her story. Like, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. That to me is when a game is trying to be is is almost being art first, game second. This yes. is still, I think, game first. So it's a really good if you mean from the perspective of uh, should video games be considered as art? Then yes, this is a great example of that because you're combining audio, visual, and interactive experience in one whole little package. But Bastion, I don't think, is an arty game. Yeah, I'll agree with that. It's definitely like, yeah, arty and being art is two different things. And I agree with you here that um, while it is a a work of art, it is an art first. Uh, and Matt, is Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled a work of art? <laughs> Well, I mean, I would say possibly, you know, it certainly has those aspects. Not see, because I don't, I don't think I hold uh, Bastion as high of regard that Adrian does. But I can definitely, like, this is one of those things where uh, it's like I don't, but I, I can see, I can, I can a hundred percent, I can see where you're coming from. And I 100% respect someone thinking that. But for me, it's like, you know, this this would be, in terms of this is art, this would be like leagues behind, like journey kind of thing. Because that's that's the kind of thing that I see as when a game is art. This, this is just a cool, to me, this is just a cool hack and slash. But I can definitely see to others, it is much more. And I think they definitely, Supergiant Games, 
uh, with Transistor tried to take it like further in the direction of art. Um, I haven't actually played Transistor, so I don't know how it is like interactively. Um, but this is yeah, yeah Bastion is still very much uh, game first. This does make me want to get uh, Transistor, to be quite honest, um, because I've heard a lot of people compare, and by heard I mean just read online in researching for Bastion, I've heard a lot of people comparing all of them kind of with each other, like the, so there's Bastion, Transistor, and then Pyre, I want to say. Yeah, Pyre, that's the one. Yeah, that's the latest. Yeah, I think so. There's another one called Hades, but I'm not 100% sure if it's out yet or not. No, that's the one that's coming soon, I think. Yeah, but a lot of people have been comparing them, and they've said that... um, Like, I've just read a review that uh, someone prefers Bastion to Transistor. I think that's actually on the Steam page for Bastion right now. Uh, but then I've seen other people say that Transistor took the gameplay of Bastion and made it better. I don't know how true that is. This is entirely coming off. I could be misremembering this for all I know. Um, but apparently they just have consistently been getting better in terms of gameplay at the very least. So this is making me go, oh, Bastion, that was a really cool idea. Hack and slashes are my biz. Uh, you know, I don't think that this is necessarily art. But I like what they've done, and I would happily go to the next thing and try Transistor and possibly try Pyre when that eventually is released on Switch and your Samsung fridge and everything. Because I, <laughs> <laughs> I would play this on a fridge while just drinking milk from the carton, <laughs> just shamelessly, like <laughs> just, just letting it drip down my chin and just go like. <laughs> I uh, I I remember reading somewhere that Transist. Someone was saying like they love Bastion, but they have not liked any of the other games that Supergiant's done, and now and that gets me worried. But I remember seeing you mentioned Hades, and I remember seeing that at E three or something. Was that like two years ago? Like it was a while ago, but it was supposed to be coming out soon. And I remember like, oh, yeah, that looks sick. Uh, hopefully, Hades is good. Well, like I said, I think. I think Bastion's plenty good. I just don't think it's as good as other people have said. Here's my question to you then. Do you think this game could have been done better? Do you think this do you think there's a better execution of this game and this experience that could have been done? I think we're looking at very I think we're looking at minute details that start to lift things even higher, as well as eight years worth of hindsight. So in twenty eleven you could say that probably this was like one of the best indie titles. Eight years on, we've seen similar games. We've seen the company themselves apparently go better and beyond. Um, So I think only looking at it in that way, but if you just appreciate it for what it is in 2011, only like there's nothing I don't like about it. If I don't like a weapon, there is a weapon I do like. If I if I don't like a particular enemy, uh, it's a part of the challenge, and it feels like there is a way. Like even like I had listed that I hated the big blue boys, those big fat boys that just like get smaller and spew out yeah. like the blue gunk that you get stuck on. Uh, 
I found found them the most annoying enemy, but not like game breakingly so. It's very well balanced. It is all thought out for seven guys, for seven people working on this game to have it as said at the beginning slick. It's just really slick. There's nothing I don't <laughs> like. There are just, and because there's different ways to play because you can have different uh, tonics that sort of change up. So I had like the the wear tonic. So when I was at low health, I'm doing more damage. You like, you can, you can change the way that you are playing to certain, to certain degrees to fit the way you want to play a hack and slash. And so, yeah, I don't see anything that's bad about it. I think you guys keep saying like in 2011 and versus now, I think this game still holds up just as well because the presentation doesn't change maybe the gameplay has become outdated but i think the gameplay like it's nothing fabulous but it is a very it's very baseline like it's a good enough hack and slash you have like a good variety of weapons like you said you can deal with everything in one way or another nothing's overly op and bullshit i don't think i died at all i think i died once because i turned on all the idols at once and then regretted it (laughs) Yeah, that'll do it. So it's a good point. It's it like I don't think the presentation can lose its age, and maybe the hack and slash. So I think it still stands as well as it did in 2011. I just meant more from a, a a game design point of view. These devs may may have done some things slightly differently, but then you might you, you might lose like. Maybe the simplicity of it is why it's so highly regarded. If you started to put in, to put in even more mechanics or uh, like if your weapons had a bigger variety of moves that you could do with them, uh, maybe then you're losing the essence. Maybe it's getting too busy. Maybe this is... Maybe Bastion is 100% complete. And that's what, and we can see that almost right before our eyes. Yeah, I mean, it's probably some room for improvement because, like, something like Metroid, Super Metroid, we've played that feels to me like hundred percent perfect a game. This doesn't quite sit there, but I think it's close enough that um, if I if I had made this, I'd be very proud of what I'd made. Yeah, definitely. But I think what. Well, what I was picking up from what Michael was saying is you compare this to, like, indie games now and you get things that are maybe better in terms of, like, po- like opinion-based, of course, but, like, I would say Bubba is you gets your brain going more, and that's from this year, because I, I was quickly going through them. But also, personally, um, Binding of Isaac, which was 2011 as well i would say fundamentally like has better gameplay has has a more it has a more personal story so it's really comparing apples to oranges but i prefer that story um but there's there's a lot of really good indie games and i'm not saying that that makes bastion like any lesser in itself because it is the like it is con People have said, like, it's a first. Like, it is the first one to be picked up by a major publisher. Um, And that is a very, like, 
it is an achievement to be highly regarded, I'd say. It's just to me, when you are comparing these games and you're thinking, I don't have a lot of time to spend on them. Like, what would I rather spend it on? But at the end of the day, to me, I've gotten further in like two hours of Bastion uh, further than like really the story of The Binding of Isaac, which requires multiple playthroughs and a very high level of skill. So, you know, we're, go- we're going into the territory that we, I feel like we try to kind of avoid, which <laughs> is to, to get into reviewing a game so hard kind of thing. Uh, where, you know, the the heart of this podcast is, uh, is it for a busy gamer? Uh, answer is, hell yeah. Oh yeah, this is, without a doubt, fine time to grind. And I would make, say that make, I prefer make. it. Which one's the to top one? I top is make time. Make time, definitely a make time. Like, if you yeah. play games, this is one of the ones you got to play. You've got uh, enough time to pick up Bastion, and it's very cheap at the moment during the summer sale. It's oh, like yeah. five dollars. Yeah, it's like I can't. Ooh, I'm trying to, th- I'm trying to think of the right way to say it. Like, yeah, definitely go get this. It is one of the ones that you have to get. It is one of the games that I feel everyone should experience because even if in like what you can do in two hours, you know, I feel like I am enriched. Wow, this is... Uh, I feel enriched as a gamer for playing simply two hours of this game. I think that's sign of a good game. And what do you, where would you guys rate this then on the busy gamer scale? I would say make time because it's not going to be hard to make that time. I would agree. It is a make time. And especially because, as I mentioned at the beginning, it's on so many different formats now and it's been around for eight years. You can pick it up cheap. Switch, it's still, I would think, a little bit too expensive, but it's obviously just trying to find its feet. It is quite new on the Switch. But if it was on there at a more reasonable price, or even at the price it's at, now having played it, I'd I'd probably tell past me, no, it's worth it, like... Go get that because then that would be the perfect way to play. Because I played with controller, so it'd probably be even better than phone. But then you have the portability; then you can do whatever. Then you could be anywhere. But also put the headphones in because you need that sweet, sweet sound. Make some time. Well, there we go. That's our thoughts on Bastion that we played for the last two weeks. Next up, we have Bayonetta One which I've played recently, but uh, I'm happy to play it again. Well, that's, that's always that's good. That means I chose well, but I also am sorry I'm making you <laughs> no, <that's okay. laughs> spend extra time on it. It'll be, actually, it'll be interesting to play it again because I had an interesting start with that game when I tried to play it uh, previously. So I'll be, yes, it'll be an interesting conversation to have on that one. Alrighty, well, this has been no time to grind. Bastion, not best. I'm. <laughs> what? <laughs> we we may or may not have been kept referring to this game as B A S T I A N in some scenarios. Bastion. But it's Bast- yeah, like Sebastian. 
Uh, Bastion. But it's best ion. That's and just it's best to fact. keep your eye on this game and this podcast, in fact. Oh, <laughs> oh he's good. Uh, yeah, let us know if you want us to play anything. We've still got our next round of games to pick after Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, so let us know. Give us a review if you uh, enjoyed our thoughts, and uh, tell us yours. Thank you very much for listening. I've been Adrian. I've been Matt. And I've been Michael. We'll see you out in the bastion. Kid picked up the, his phone and <laughs> went, went to press on to stop. the podcast app. <laughs> He hit the five-star review. He's humble. He knows what he likes. I would kill to do a, like, a voiceover role like that in a game. That'd be so good. <laughs>